Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. So the reading is Psalm 24, verses 7 to 10, and then John chapter 10, verse 9. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. John chapter 10, verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. I'm just going to pray for Noel before he comes to speak. Lord, thank you that you're a God who speaks to us. And thank you that we're going to hear you speaking to us now. I pray for Noel. I pray that you'd fill him with your Holy Spirit. And that you would give him words to say that point us to you, that um, encourage and lift us up, Lord, and point us to Jesus. Um, We pray, Lord, for our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would give us soft hearts, that you would put good soil, make our hearts good soil, Lord, Um, and uh, yeah, that you would produce um, a crop from the word that we hear um, soon today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. Do you think Matthew looks a bit like Tom Cruise with that... (laughs) Look, truth, like, I'm going to see the last samurai, Don't, doesn't he? A ringer. Thanks, Matthew. Well, it's great to be here, and um, I was so looking forward to being with everybody for this weekend, and, uh, but we're here together. And I love what Matthew said earlier on, that, that Jesus is here, and, um, and he has something for us, and just during the worship and the word and the prayers. I love the way the Lord breaks his bread still and feeds us. Some might need this, and some might need that, and some might need to connect with him in Jordan worship, or through the word, or through prayer, but he just knows how to connect us, and um, I just really appreciate, I just want to say, I really appreciate just that vision for planting churches, Steve and team, and uh, that it's just, it's just amazing. Look, I've only been here once, and I've been with um, the advisory team over in Steve's house, and Leanne's house, and I just, you know, I just think you're a great church. I just want to say that. And I'm not saying that because that's what a speaker's supposed to say. But I just, I just look around and from the first time I was here a couple of months ago, that I just had this sense of excitement that, that you are the people that we've prayed for as people who've walked in the city for a long time and people that we believe God is raising up to do things that even those of yesteryear didn't get to see. That Some have even have been... Um, have gone to be with the Lord, but have prayed prayers, and here we are, and here you are talking about church planting, and, and starting communities of faith, wherever God may, may lead, and I pray that you would, he would just do this amongst you tenfold, twentyfold, even a hundredfold, as he, as he just multiplies, and that prayer of that song, that he is the God of revival, there's no prison wall, there's no body problem, there's nothing that our Jesus cannot do in the lives of people, and, uh, and I just want to say, just keep going for it, just keep pressing on. If anything we've learned from the book of Nehemiah was that. It wasn't just easy sailing of building walls. There was also enemies coming against them, this 
discouragement coming against him and a workload to get done. And we noticed that they had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. And so it's, this is, I keep saying to people from where I, I'm ministering and whatever, and I, you know, there's a few guys that like are just scary guys, to be honest. You know what I mean? If you met them before they were, if I met them before they weren't Christians, I'm like, stay clear to these guys and Jesus touches their hearts. And I keep saying to them, this is not for wimps. This walk, some people think they're tough and they're able. This walk with Jesus is for no wimps. Isn't that right? That is like, we have to die to self. We have to stand in the gap. We have to give up things. We have to let things go. We have to forgive things that are even seemingly impossible to forgive. That it just takes someone filled with God to be able to do the things that God has asked of us. And, and I'm just so blessed, and I hope you are. And this weekend, I was going to look at the gates around the city in, um, in, Nehemiah, in Nehemiah chapter 3. He names at least 10 gates. And, you know, before that, you, you've done all this already, but just to, to build a platform that his heart was broken when he seen that the walls and the gates were broken down and burnt because there was no protection there was no people could come in. Like the, the ones that were left behind were the vulnerable. Where the, 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 the people that come in to take captives, they don't take the aged, they don't take the very young, they don't, they, they, the, the very, very young. They take the strong in the middle. They take the ones who are, you know, have, have potential in, in, that, in that sense. So the others would have been vulnerable. And when he seen this, his heart was broken. And, and listening to Steve, leaders in prayers, does, does it not touch our heart in that manner that our world is broken? No matter which part of the world we look in, there's a brokenness. And, you know, the prayer can't be that we just feel bad or guilty about this stuff. It's that we ask God for his heart. Because when it's his heart is moved, his hand is moved, as we see in, in, in Nehemiah, that he goes to the king and, and he asks the king. The king seen there was something wrong with him. And he asks him, what's wrong with you? And he says, it's just tough being here when the people back home are in such a bad way and the walls are broken and the gates are broken. I want to do something about it. Why? Because I have the heart of God. I have his heart for people and for the city and for the nation. And, um, and he gets granted these things. And there's, there's, there's a number of gates that are mentioned, and there's too many or something. Even the weekend, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get through these in three talks. And um, so I'm, like, I'm just like, Lord, praying like over the weekend, Lord, just, I just want to name them. And then just, Lord, you just land where you want to land on one of them, if we get one of them. And, um, and, and, and it's nearly like a walk. It's nearly like when you go through the gates, it's nearly like a, a progression of our walk with God. The first gate is the sheep gate. And, uh, you know, that um, the sheep gate was the gate where they brought the sacrificial lambs through. And uh, isn't it amazing that, that the sacrificial lamb of God, Jesus, comes through. And, um, and we who believe then get to be called sheep as well. That out of his sacrifice, that we get to be sheep of his pasture. Sheep of, that he blesses in the coming in and the going out. Where he's the gateway into all that God has for us. And, and that we become a sheep of God. A, a, um, someone that belongs to the great shepherd. And then the next gate is the fish gate. And you know what they say? That usually the, the first, they say year or two, 18 months, that when we become believers, the, the, the most likely of us telling other people immediately about Jesus is when we become sheep. You know, that we, like, we, we want to tell the other sheep that we went to school with or we, we work with or we hang out with, that look, you know what? Something dramatic happened in my life. 
What was it? I remember for me, 22nd of March, 1989, at 9.40 in the National Stadium, a Tuesday evening, I heard a preacher preach, never been to church before that, never heard a song in church like, like this before, never even watched songs of praise. That's how much of a pagan I was. And then, um, so it's like I knew nothing. We knew nothing. Me and Sharon went down the same night, and then we were 22 years of age at the time. A man got up to preach. My friend had already been sharing the Lord with me, but a man got up to preach, and he just said, showed us how to become a sheep of God. I was wandering, as Isaiah says. I was going my own way, and I just went astray. Doing my own thing, being my own God, being the director of my own life. And it, left, it led me to emptiness and frustration and hopelessness. And I was still only 22 years of age, not making sense of my own world, of things around me. Couldn't make sense of anything that was going on around me. And, and I go up and I say, if a prayer... That one prayer led me to a whole new life to change the direction of our lives and our family's life that was to come. And, and why? Because someone came and told me. And then when it's coming out of there, I said to Sharon, we need to tell everybody this. And Sharon's the brains in this operation. She says, tell them what? I says, I don't know, but we need to tell them it. I didn't know. I never heard the gospel before like this. I never heard that Jesus was the treasure. I never heard this. But I just knew I needed to go and tell other people. And the next day I met one of my closest friends that I was hanging out with at the time. And his name was Weldo. And he says, what happened last night? I says, you wouldn't believe it, Weldo. I says, a woman actually got up out of a wheelchair and walked. And he says, I don't believe that. And I says, well, I do. And our lives went like this. Still friends. But the, the, the direction of our lives totally, totally went in different directions. But we were able at that time to tell other people about Jesus, that as we got to know Jesus more, we seemed to stop telling people more. It was like, the less we knew, the more we wanted to tell. The more we knew, the less we were telling. It was like, it's strange. And, and it's like, and we'd get to that in a minute. And then the next gate, that's the fish gate. Jesus says he's called us to be fishers of men. He said to James and John, I'm calling you to be fishers. Fishers of men, you go through the, old, the, the fish gate, then next after that, so you become a Christian, you tell others, and then the old gate. And the old gate is, a, is an interesting gate because it, next after that is the valley gate. And God, if you've not been in a valley with God, or you're in a valley now, or if you're not in one now, you might be entering into one, but the valley is where we grow. The valley is where God deals with some of the olds where the stuff we find hard to let go of, the pains, the shames, the guilt, the things that we carry in life, he brings us into that place to get rid of those old things that, 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 lean, that lean into our lives, that cause us to behave, think a certain way, that hinders us, that stops us from going forward, that stops us from fulfilling. He brings you, if you've been in, walking with Jesus any length of time, you see that, that like, there's a great time in God, which is beautiful, which is where we get to trust him and know him and hold his hand, and he carries us and then he says come on we walk through the valley when we walk through the valley and the beauty is if you're in the valley with God it's a walking through even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death there's in, in Isaiah it's a, there's the valley of tears the valley of back but I walk through it there's a big sign there that says no camping there's no hanging out here you have to keep <laughs> on walking because God's plan is not to bring you into a valley to stay there but he learns us things he teaches us things he takes things out from the old out of us and then we go to another gate so if you're there praise God learn how to praise him in the valley 
Because it's only a matter of time before you're up on the mountaintop again. It's only a matter of time. But the growth happens in the valley. The celebration happens up on the mountaintop. But the, the growth happens in the, in the valley places. If you're there, just keep on going. Keep on pushing through. Because you come to a gate called the Dung Gate. I'm sure in Dublin we could think of another word for the Dung Gate. But it's where we put this stuff out. It's where we say goodbye to what we've experienced and what God has healed us of, that you don't live in this place anymore. I'm putting you outside of my life. You don't dictate. You don't dictate my thinking. You don't dictate who I am anymore because God has set me free or brought me someplace in him. The next gate is the fountain gate where we experience through all of this valley and all gone, and, and the dung gate, we get to experience new expressions of the Holy Spirit in our life. That we get to experience new things that he wants to bring us into. New avenues of knowing who God is. And then we go in, from there, the next is the water gate. And sorry, I meant to say about the valley gate. But when you look at the, the old gate and the valley gate and the dung gate, the valley is the longest between the wall. Because sometimes it just takes time, doesn't it? Just sometimes, and it's all right if it's taking time for the Lord. I know for me, I've, I've failed more times in the valley than I've failed anywhere else. But he's so committed to this transformation that's already happened before the throne. He's so committed to the perfection of those who are already perfected before him. That's like, yeah, Noel, I know you scraped your knees. I know you failed. I know you sinned. I know you started thinking the old way again. But come on, come on. And I always say about people, when, when, when you go into the valley, get what you need to get out of the valley, and then get out of the valley. You with me? Don't stay in the valley too long, longer than you're supposed to. But, um, but sometimes it just takes time. And the fountain gate is where he, he just allows us to experience new things in the Holy Spirit. And the water gate is the word where you come through the valley, you come through the dung gate, you come through the Holy Spirit opening up new things to us. And then the word of God is alive in a different way. And not even just the word, the written word, but the spoken word over your life. The word that God has breathed into your life. The prophetic words, the prophetic utterances, that God has, has, has spoken into your life. Do you ever get when someone's preaching or someone's reading out a word and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit takes it and quickens it? It's like, you owned it. That's you. That's for you. That's what I have for you. And he opens up this little word to be something that is now, um, a new something that opens up a pathway into the future that God has for us. When you get to the water gate, God wants to open up the things he has said already to you and the things he wants to say. The preceded word is the written word, but the proceeding word is what comes out of God's mouth for you today, for where he wants to take you in your life. Do you ever read the Bible when you're reading, you're doing something, you want to go somewhere with God and you read, oh, well, David says, wait on the Lord. Oh, sit, or there's a walk, or there's a run, which is it? That's the preceded word, that's the written word. But God breathes on one of them, he says, no, I'll stand. Or no, wait. That's the proceeded word. That's the word that Jesus says that we out of, what did the devil say to him? About the, about the word of God, about the bread, about the word. And Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds, that comes out of God's mouth into your situation, into the circumstance that you're in right now. And then after that, they go to the horse gate. And I like the horse gate. Because when I've read up on this, that's where the, every time the horses are mentioned in the Bible is usually with war. It's usually with war that he brings us through these other places so that with people that can actually go to war on behalf of cities, on behalf of nations, on behalf of families, on behalf of situations. I really like this. 
I really like that God, you know, doesn't just save me from something, but he saves me to something. I love that. that imagine how boring this would be if you're just, my God, sorry, I'm so glad I'm saved from my sin. But if that's all it was, I think I'd fall back. I think I'd be tempted so easy because he saves me to something. That saves me to plant a church. He saves me to be part of a team. He saves me to, to, to lead worship. He saves me to reach out to other people. He saves me to something. And sometimes, and not a lot of time when you're saved to something, there's a bit of warfare that comes with that. But we have to be all right to go into the, in through the warfare or the horse gate so that we're ready for battle. We're ready. We're, we're, we're ones who are saying, okay, Lord, when someone else can pray, I want to go to war for them. When, someone is, when the city is in trouble, I want to pray, but my prayer is also weapons of war. I want to be a weapon of mass destruction to the kingdom of darkness. Because you can be. And it's not about big, loud prayers. It's about those who are just standing in the gap and saying, Lord, here I am. Because you know, he says, he says, he searches to and fro up and down the land to see, is there anybody that will stand in the gap that will just allow him to use them in prayer? Anywhere in the world at any time. Do you know one time I was in prayer and uh, I had this, there was just not a lot of things happening for us. There was like, which sounds, there was a lot of things happening, but there wasn't a lot of things moving. I'm just saying we were stuck, like, as a church. We didn't know where we were going vision-wise. Like, we didn't know where, there was things going on in Africa with solicitors and all that. We just needed them to move things. And there was the welfare. We have a, a work going in Africa, and there was the, the social welfare type of situations and social workers. And there was a man over in the government, and he wasn't moving. And, and there was, like, solicitor stuff here about our building that we had to get moving. It's just saying... Just saying we were stuck. And I was praying one day with my son-in-law, Rob, one morning. And I had this picture of myself. And in the picture, I, I saw the, I, it was more than a picture. It was like, I was saying picture, just to give myself some context, but it was like an experience. And in this, in this it was like, I grew to be 40 foot tall. Can you imagine me being 40 foot tall? I, I, well, I, I felt I was. And, and now I'm not below all the situations that was going on. I was actually above them. I was actually looking down on, on Mr. Hiroto in uh, the office, in, 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 in the minister's office over in, in Lesotho, and, 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 this, so, and everything that was going on here. And this prayer came out of me. It was just, it was just magnificent. And I was just standing there looking at all these, Mr. Hiroto, move. And like, and it was that, it was that, there was an authority in it. There was, there was power in it. There was like, you know, like the solicitors would move. That, that which was at the bottom of the pile, move to the top of the pile. You know, and, and this prayer was like, it was just, when I came back down to me and just little now, I was like, man, that was, that was God. I kid you not, we were getting phone calls just immediately from all the situations. There's something, imagine that God can use you and I through that horse gate, through the place of warfare, through the place of prayer, and he can say, I'm going to cause you to say to the mountain, move. And what happens, it moves. Amen. My daughter, Patrice, was telling me she was in. Because it's not just about us. That whatever we gain in God, it goes on for other people there, generations. And I know you're all young, but there's generations that come from you. And what you put in now gets, goes on them. It's my blam already. Hello. 
Patrice was in, 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 in Africa, her and Robin, my granddaughter. And um, there was the, the night church, they call it. What was that? It was the witch doctors came out to have church in the night. And it was on the mountain where we were. And all they could hear was this banging of a drum and these chants. And he says, in the, the risottos up on mountains. And so uh, carrying down the valleys. And like this sounded like it was huge. And he felt that natural fear because they'd not been in this environment before. But Therese remembered what I just told you there about move. And Rob told me this. That Noel, it was like she grew up to 40 foot. And she stood there and she said to the house or to the night church, move. And she kept saying move. But she, she, Rob was saying this authority was coming upon her. There's authority. And he said that the, the, the banging of the drums seemed to fade off into the distance like they were moving away until it stopped. Some great moment you have as father. And one of them was mine when Patrice says, Dad, I felt I was like you, 44. For all she was experienced in what God was wanting her to experience, that in the horse gate, you have the authority. And then there's the, there's the eastern gate. And the eastern gate is, is, is to this day is still blocked up. That in the 1500s, this um, Muslim um, in the Ottoman Empire, that Suleiman closed up the, the gate with bricks with like something like, you know, so many inches of cement because he was told that the, the savior of the Jews was going to come through the eastern gate. And like, so he believed this stuff enough that he says, well, I'm blocking her up. And in Ezekiel, it's prophesied that it would be blocked up. And it's the same gate, well, not the exact same gate, but the same position of the gate that earlier on, that, or later on, that Jesus came through on that great day, Palm Sunday. And it's the same gate he's going to come back in. Just the inspection gate where David would come down and inspect the troops. Imagine him walking up and down the troops saying, you can take on giants. You can take cities. You can bring worship to a city like I brought to Jerusalem. Imagine him looking at them saying to Eliab, you can stand in a field and the sword can freeze to your hand and you can take on another giant like I did, saying to others. Imagine him walking up and down saying, all of this you can, you can, because that was the inspection, inspection of the army, inspecting of who they are in the army. You're going to go and do something. You're going to go and I, but just like, I praying for the weekend that Jesus would just walk in and say to you as individual, you can, you can, you can. I've called you, I'm inspecting your life. I've brought you through valleys. I've brought you into experiences in the Holy Spirit. I've showed you how to do warfare in your own life and for others. Now you're going to do it in bigger places and bigger spaces for him. And their role is, is that we don't be like that Suleiman of the Ottoman Empire and block up the gate. That we open up the gate. We say to the gates of our life, swing wide. Swing wide, you gates. Why? So that the king of glory can come in and do what he wants to do in our lives. That if we could say to him, there's no gate I've locked up, Lord. There's no gate. I want to be your sheep. If you don't know what it is to be under his care as a shepherd, I open up to Jesus. 
Lord, I don't know what it is to want to even want to reach out to other people. I'm afraid or I don't know how to do it. I open that up to you, Jesus. I open up the old gates of my life so that the King of glory can come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord. We're not talking about a philosophy or an idea. The Lord, God Almighty. He'll come in and he can do where only he can do. That we don't close off. Why would I keep all the dung inside when he wants to come in to give me the power to put the dung on the outside? Why would I block myself off from experiences of what he has for me in the Holy Spirit? Why would I block off the word of God that he wants to speak to me? Why would I block off warfare when, if he calls me in to pray for other things and other people? Lord, I'm not closing up the gate of inspection. Here I am. Lock, stock, and barrel. Yet, Lord, there's places there that needs healing or freedom. Needs to know the peace of God or the completeness of God. Yet there's sin that I'm struggling with, Lord, but I'm not hiding it. I want to say, come on, man. I want to build those gates in my life. I want to address them. I want to look at them and say, Lord, you can come on in. Finishing up a couple of, uh, well, COVID has been here. So two years ago or more, my friend who was there, uh, like, and isn't that times us Christians are mad, aren't we? Like, we're just that little bit crazy, you know? And, and sometimes the Lord will ask us to do some, that, some things that look a bit crazy and, and he may even be crazy, and, uh, but the heart to follow God is in it, and, and he can even take our crazy things and make them work for our good. That's just, and I have this friend, and he's very prophetic, and um, he, he, uh, he rings me up one day, and he says, no, I just really feel me and you have to go down to the city gates, and we have to pray at the city gates, Psalm 24. That sounds like a good idea, Sean. But Sean is not just Sean in, like we go down and pray. Sean picks me up in his car and he gets down to the city gates. You know where the city gates are? They're up at St. Audience Church at Thomas Street there, the city gates of Dublin. You go down to the bottom of St. Audience and the gates that are there are about 1,000 years, or near enough 1,000 years old. And um, not the original ones, but certainly um, where they were. And um, so we gets there and he goes, oh, hang on. He goes to the back of his car and he takes out a bag and in the bag does a chauffeur. You know, you know what they are? It's one of the ancient, like, ram's horn that they used to blow in ancient Israel for a number of reasons, like whether they're going to war, whether they're welcoming the king or someone of, of importance, they would blow the shofar or, or entering or welcoming the presence of God. It was used for different things in different scenarios. And I go, Sean, what are you doing with that? And he goes, oh, no, I have to blow the shofar. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is, this is, you know, I know Sean, he's like... You don't know what's going to happen, you know. And we go down, and um, I'm walking up and down. I'm praying Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, O your gates, so that the King of glory may come in. Not Sean. He's like a Shakespearean actor now. <laughs> Lift up your head, O your gates. I'm like, so that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? And in behind the gates, hidden on the other side of the gates where no one's supposed to be, a voice came out. I'm the king of glory. And I kid you not, it was devilish in tone. And I looks in, and he looks in, and then um, this young lad with two other people taking heroin and drinking on the other side of the gate. 
And it was nearly like another king of the city that wants to be a wannabe king of the city was saying, I have this city. And there's this young man, and I said to Sean, I'll deal with this. Because I didn't know whether he had a sword as well, you know, this guy. <laughs> I just, you just wouldn't know, you know. Someone's ears getting lobbed off here, and I better take control of this or else we're going to prison. And I walked up, and his name was Daniel, I believe. I said, what's your name? He says, Daniel. He had a can of some type of foreign beer in his hand or cider or something. And he, he says, uh, he starts like mocking, you know, it was a real mocking type of thing. And he goes, what's that in your hand? I had the chauffeur at this stage. And I said, well, that's a chauffeur. It's from ancient Israel. It's like a horns thing in, in there. And he's like, what? He's, he started looking at the can like this and then looking back at us as much to say, am I tripping or something? Like, is this like for real? And um, he's talking to him. And he said, what's it? I said, you know, they used it for warfare in ancient Israel. I almost explained to myself to this fella. And he kept mocking. I said, Daniel, you need a miracle, don't you? And he goes, yeah, I do. It was like he sobered up. And he says, yeah, I do. And I says, again, we'll finish here. You're having a miracle. I don't know whether I really believed or not, but I just shut him up anyway. And um, I did believe it. And I says, well, we're going to pray. And I says, and before we finish here, you're going to have something that you hadn't got when we started. And he's looking back at the other two. It was just in the shadow of a bit. You could see them, but he kept looking. He kept saying, hey, this is serious. You know what's going on? Like they're up there. And, um, and then he looks around and he, there was a girl and a guy and he says to the girl, what they're saying can get you off heroin. Now we never mentioned anything, but there was something of God. So anyway, we start to pray. Lift up your heads, oh, he gates. Sean's on the chauffeur. <laughs> right? And then... Um, like, I like my eyes closed on like, oh, Jesus, I'm just going to say, the, I'm just going to read the psalm and let him, let him do the rest. And uh, lift up your heads so that the king of glory may come in. And, 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 and then the, the last boy opened my eyes. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. And I didn't know, but Sean was down like this. Like Sean is six foot and he's down like this. And the, 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 the bulk end of it was just facing your man's stomach. And it was like every time Sean... Like, was blowing this thing. It was like your man's eyes were getting, there was life coming into Because I was looking, I, when I opened my eyes at the tour, blasted it through. <laughs> like, his eyes were. And he turns his back and walks up to the other two. Forgot about me and Sean. And he says, there is hope for me. There is hope for me. And I pray that when Jesus moves when we open up to the king of glory that wherever there's no hope in your own life we know this hope but we would be carriers of this hope he walked through the paraphernalia of addiction and brokenness and homelessness shame and guilt condemnation walked away from us saying there's hope for me and I pray as you let the king in any of those gates in that on the other side of that gate, there'll be somebody somewhere that needs to know what God has placed inside of you. So could we stand as we pray? And here's my call, and I believe it's the heart of God for us.
would you lift up your hands, your heads, with your hands to represent that Jesus, I, I want, I welcome you in to every place and space of my life, no matter which area that, that gate, them gates represent in my life. I just say, King of glory, come on in. And anything that seems irremovable removes today. Anything that's not working starts to work. Anything that's out of order comes into order. Something that's far off that's supposed to be for you moves towards you. And those things that are not for you moves away. Lord, as you come in, as we lift up our hands, as we just open up and say, Jesus, King of glory, come on in. Come on in. Holy Spirit, would you bring us to new places in you, new places in the grace of God that's on our lives. Not just the grace that saves us, but the grace that transforms us and the grace that brings us into where you want us in you, Lord. The perfecting that you're doing in our lives, Lord, we say yes and amen. The transformation that you're bringing into my thinking, I say yes and amen, oh God. Lord, the ability to put things out that doesn't belong. I accept your ability, your strength, your power to be able to do that. Lord, the place that you've brought me to where I know your word, I know what you've spoken to me, would you give me courage to respond to what you've already said? Lord, I don't block up any gate. I'm not like some sultan where I realize, Lord, no wall will keep you from getting where you want. So I bow my knee, I open up my life, and I say, come on in, King. Come on in. Come on in. And when you go around the gate, it ends up back at the sheep gate. Because it comes a full circle. And all of the things, I'm still your sheep. I'm still your son, I'm still your daughter who is loved by God. I bless you, Father. I thank you for the work that you're doing through this church. And in this church, oh God. Lord, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that as the king comes in, the song of God arises in ways that causes miracles to happen, strongholds to come down, O oh God. Those who are far off will hear the cry, will hear the call of God. That like, like a, a shofar is being blown every week, O oh God, that there's a sound that's released from this people, Lord, your people, O oh God. That those who are far off hears and says there's hope. I pray for each one, for absolute real. The Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord causes his face to shine upon you. The Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and looks you square in the face and says, Shalom, completeness, wholeness, and prosperity in God. And we say amen. Amen. And amen.